0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm, RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from
1: design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360,
0: fuel your brand. Oh, Mary Ellen Vernon. It's such a pleasure to have you, one of my biggest inspirations, on the podcast. Thank you for coming on here.
1: Mm, Steve Urban, it's a pleasure. We've had a nice journey with each other. Um, uh, to be with each other on this journey is beautiful.
0: It has been. You know, um, for the listeners, uh, for the, if they don't know, so so I worked for Mary Ellen and Tom at Fresh Produce. I think I started in like 07, maybe. Late 06, early 07. Uh, And uh, they gave me my first shot at being a C-level executive. Where uh, I, you know, entered into a whole new world of responsibility.
1: (laughs) You know, you know, what's cool is when you recognize someone like yourself on the team, you know, the fresh produce team, Mm -hmm. and you see your aspirations and your efforts, that's one of the biggest rewards of being a teammate or an employer to witness this. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly, um, one proud moment to see you come in working hard and wanting more. And if we can be a part of that journey, I'm thrilled.
0: I remember going home telling my wife, I'm like, good news is I got promoted. Bad news <laughs> is I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you say. Oh, um, for the listeners, will you, if you don't mind, I'd like to just talk about Mary Ellen early on mom, dad, siblings, you know, talk to us a little bit growing up in Kansas. Talk to us a little bit. Give us, give us a story.
1: I like, I like sharing some of these stories because I, I thrived on them when I was younger and getting started, but seven kids in our family. Um, I'm the very middle. I like being in the middle kind of, okay. they buffer you on the front end and take care of the back end. So you can sort of get lost in the shuffle, which was lovely. Um, with seven kids, we didn't want for a lot, but it's not like we had a lot, but I did witness a few things young. Um, I didn't want to want my whole life. Like if I wanted something, I wanted to figure out a way to get it. So whether it was babysitting or what, So I can't, there's like three things I can remember really well is, um, uh, I want to create enough for myself. And my dad kind of led the family with my mom and told her how to spend the money. Didn't Mm. really appreciate that. So, Mm. uh, and a funny is my mom cooked for nine kids, three meals a day. I thought I'm out. I'm not cooking when I get older. (laughs) I kind of stayed true to that one too.
0: (laughs) Uh, and your what did your dad do?
1: He was an FBI agent,
0: so That's he was right.
1: always yeah. And my mama started working when we were about mm, seventh grade to have some of her own money.
0: Okay. Uh, F, was he? And he did that until he retired.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was an okay. FBI agent the whole way.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. You never had any desire to go into law enforcement, huh? You're like nah.
1: you know what some age i'm sure maybe all of us like being a detective and figuring something out looked really cool but that was a short window in my life that i thought that would be fun
0: did he know like everything you did as a teenager would would he call like the local police and be like did you see her in town like it was there any of that stuff going on or or
1: uh no but we got in trouble once and he made sure we got scared straight so we never (laughs) wanted to mess. no he did he he could get you out of a bad spot, but he made you learn from that bad spot.
0: So mm, mm. what'd you get in trouble for? Can you share? Can you tell us? what? Yeah. You do?
1: 18 years old. That was a piece of it. Um, my sister and I were getting ready to go to college and you went to like target. It was venture in Kansas and got all the things you need, toilet paper, whatever. And we both stuck something in our pocket thinking we're buying all this. They're not going to miss a pair of earrings <laughs> or a fingernail polish. Soon as we went out the door, it was like secret shoppers. They looked your part and mm. long us back in, got the call. One person called our dad. This is mm. a good uh, reflection point. Um, at 18, he said, how, how old did you tell him you were? And we're like, dad, we're 18. So he made sure the judge, and he had us go before the court. And oh, he did. We got fined, 250. The cool thing of that, we learned a lot, never stole again, never wanted to, never would. Um, He never told our mom, never told our siblings. He just shamed us so much, which shamed ourselves that we never did it again. But I always thought that was cool. Like dad never told mom or our Mm. brothers and sisters. It was, I know it's an interesting reflection on how. He participated with us. I really, and I remember that with my own boys growing up, like if they screwed up, it's like, mm, this doesn't have to go viral. Let's just take care of it with in our family and let them know how disappointed we are.
0: Uh, was that your twin sister, Jen, that you got caught with?
1: Yep. My twin sister, Jen. <laughs> And I remember he had the judge say, um, you know, there's criminals, but criminals that come in two are what I have found to be much worse. So he scared us straight, 18 years old. I'm never stealing again.
0: Interesting. Okay, very good. Now, you were uh, an athlete in high school. I think you ran track in high school. Maybe some other things. Did you? Did you know? Okay, I want to go to college at this particular place. I want to do this. I want to do that. Or were you just talk to me about the plan a little bit? Graduating high school.
1: So, ran track in high school, and got a small scholarship for running track in college. Okay, and we didn't, there was no, you didn't hardly even know there were colleges outside Kansas. So you either were going to Kansas state, Kansas university or JUCO. I chose Kansas state because of the track scholarship and it had a fashion design program. And I had Uh, realized about ninth grade that fashion was my lane.
0: Okay. So So, okay. Now that part, I didn't know some of these questions I'm asking you, I know the answer to, but that one I didn't know. So early on, you had the fashion bug, even as a Young high schooler, and you went to Kansas State in part because of the fashion. I did not know that. Okay. Yep. All right. So you are you always kind of you loved the clothing, you loved the fashion. Were you like a uh, were you like one of the best dressers in high school? Were you always wearing something where all the other girls were like, "Oh wow, you get that outfit." (laughs)
1: Yeah, high school I started owning it, but my mom made Jen and I, my sis, take um, sewing lessons seventh grade summer. We hated her for it. Hated her. (laughs) And then by ninth grade, I'm sewing all my clothes, and I liked the individuality that you could present yourself with. I liked um, uh, being
0: I'm somebody. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. You know, ever since I've known you, you always, when you're when you have an outfit on, there's always a little accessory or there's something there <laughs> that like <laughs> highlights. That's Mary Ellen, right? It's not just. A shirt and a top. Like I would never <laughs> see you in like a plane. There's always something else, right? Always That's, very good. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you had that early on. Okay. So you go to K State. No boyfriends at this time, or did you know what uh, Tom in high school? I can't remember. I
1: met Tom in college, but started dating when we were 25.
0: Oh, all right. So when you oh, so because Tom was at Kansas State too.
1: Mm-hmm. He was he ran,
0: yep. he, yeah, he was a track track guy too. All right. But at, f- at first you saw him and you're like, yeah, yeah. Hey Tom. Hey Tom, what's up? I'll see you at yeah. the party, but don't, don't, we're not like dating or anything. <laughs> I
1: know it's funny. Everybody has their journey, but at 18 or at 25, yeah. if somebody said you already know at 18 who you're, you already know the person you're going to marry. I'm like, no way, no way. Yeah. No
0: way. <laughs> was there any dates? Like, did you even date at all? Like at 21? No, there was no, but you guys hung out kind of in the same crowd a little bit. Yeah. Or?
1: Yeah. Track team.
0: Okay, you had another boyfriend. He had another girlfriend. Whatever.
1: Yeah, I was, I was doing fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did Tom make any moves? It was Tom like the child. No.
1: no. Well, he would make moves like three o'clock in the morning. Messages would get left. Like somebody would pick up the phone, and he was, he was wasted, and people were daring him to call. You get it. <laughs> but the okay, cool so thing see- is, as a he's a distance runner, I'm a sprinter. That's a that's a, you know, on the journey of the business, um, that was a good compliment because I'm very impatient. Let's go. And he's like steady, thoughtful, practical, which can drive you nuts. But, um, in the business, uh, it worked out well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Your styles from a business perspective are just like how you ran track. No doubt about it now. Okay. So coming out, you graduate K-State and then what you're, you're 21, 22. What'd you do right after that?
1: took, uh, stayed home for a friend's gra- or for a friend's wedding. I was in her wedding like for a week and cool. then took off for California. I thought I'm, I'm, I gotta go to California or New York. If I'm going to be a fashion designer, I, I right. was dreaming big.
0: I see. Okay. what did you do? What, what did you load it up? Like a Volkswagen and just drive out there? Did you have a job? Did you have, oh, like, or did you have man, friends? Man, you or? look
1: at the journey. <laughs> I had, I had a used VW bug that my dad gave me for uh, graduation. The engine blew up probably 400 miles out of town. I remember, I remember that I guess the air vent had been wired shut and the wire busted. I remember calling my mom and dad from a payphone going, the car just blew up. What do I do? And they said, well, maybe you should take a bus home, regroup and leave in the fall. And I thought, shit, if I don't get out now, I'll never get out. So what'd you do? Spent a thousand dollars on a new engine. My graduation money was $400. So I owed my sister
0: 600 bucks before we even basically <laughs> hit the road. Oh, okay. Oh, so she was with you. And I didn't know that you guys were together. going yep. to California? Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. Both of us All were right.
1: hitting the road.
0: All right. All right. Wow. Okay. So you guys had no money. By the time you get to California, you had nothing. Where'd you live?
1: Uh, first with my brother, but we made a deal that we wouldn't stay longer than two weeks. So he's co-signed for a, uh, apartment, Jen and I got. And then I just took the first job. I could have been a waitress and made bank, but I thought if I get a waitress job and make money, I'll never get going. And Mm. so I took a job in a curtain sewing factory because I thought at least I'm sewing. At least I'm sewing. Oh my God.
0: I did not know that. I'm learning all kinds of stuff here. I thought I knew all about you. Okay. So you're working in the sewing factory, but you got dreams of, you got dreams already of apparel. Did you know, I want to own a fashion line, or I just want to be in fashion.
1: No i I was dreaming I'm going to do my own thing one day, but okay. I need okay. to do okay. it with somebody before I do my own. But no, I was dreaming big.
0: Okay, and then what? Tom comes out to California, and he's at the bar, and you're, and you're like, hey, let's do <laughs> uh,
1: just a quick. One. He probably he was living in Texas. Probably moved out maybe a year and a half after I was there. We we just reconnected at that year and a half. So then he moved out. I worked for a clothing company for, I got in after the pillows, I got in the back door shipping samples. So shipping oh. samples to sales reps. I see. So I thought Man, if I can just get in the door and got in the door and then ended up there two and a half years. And I remember a couple moments that are worthwhile was I witnessed who was the best designer or the best teacher as a designer. Uh-huh. And I said to my boss, I said, I want to, I want to assist her. I want to work with her. It was one of my, Better thoughtful moves. And the whole time I was there, I was just listening and watching and learning, like, cause I know I'm getting out of here.
0: Mm, okay. Gotcha. All right. And then walk us in now to the transition where you and Tom get together. I think you were in the relationship as fresh produce was started or was fresh produce started and then the relationship. I can't, or same time. Can't remember.
1: Uh, we started a relationship. The Olympics come to the, come to LA. 1984 vernon tom calm vernon um uh was selling t-shirts ro- to road races like 10k road races getting them printed t-shirts and
0: you're and you're working for the other place and he was doing that mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. all right and all right.
1: somebody some uh, our neighbor was going to do uh headphones visor headphones that was like the latest thing and he said you want to split a booth and we said we hadn't even thought of it and it was 5,000 bucks and we didn't have wow. it. So the night before we said, Are you sold out? Will you take 1,500? They did. So printed, made like three designs, one with brightly colored, but they also had summer games and made three designs, printed them in a buddy's apartment, sold them all day. So did that for
0: two weeks. Wow. Okay. So when you got the booth at the last minute, you're like, you're like printing shirts at the very last, like the last. The last 12 hours, you're you're printing shirts and trying to carry them down to the booth. (laughs) Yep. And we had no
1: money. So we would print all night, sell all day, buy new shirts, print all night. It was two weeks of full blast. You didn't even realize it was happening. Like it was just full blast.
0: Wow. Remember when we used to have that much juice? I don't have that much juice anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that naivety. I love (laughs) yeah
0: okay so that was the takeoff for everybody that doesn't know uh fresh produce and i want to get into fresh produce now but that's really kind of how the relationship started and and the t-shirts and everything is the 84 olympics and you guys you did that you made some money and that two weeks (coughs) is over and you kind of wake up and go okay let's 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 charge forward yeah quit uh we just
1: said let's go for it um, and since you're on the L.A. coast or the California coast, we're like they loved our T-shirts. They loved the colors, which happened to be different than everyone else at the Olympics, which were patriotic, red, white and blue. Ours were like aquas, orange, pinks, you know, okay. yep. just the color that was a pleasing palette. So mm-hmm. real quickly started drawing designs like Sun surf Sand on the beach, you know, different visuals for guys and gals. And then Tom would go out and pedal them. So I'm doing the art. He's pedaling.
0: Okay.
1: and that's and how he's selling. He's he,
0: he's you're coming up with the designs. You're getting them manufactured where at some print shop and Who, who's, who's making them for you at that time. You we, uh,
1: yeah, we were made. Uh, the t-shirts were like Hanes beefy tea or,
0: Oh, you know, oh, okay, we gotcha. were just
1: buying those t-shirts
0: and I, I we found
1: a printer uh, and okay. then then I wanted T-shirts eventually to be more feminine. So I started cutting the neck out, sewing them or doing something here. <laughs> anyway, tried to feminize them. And that's why we ended up making our own T-shirts, because at some point it's like we girls don't want to all be in the Haynes beefy tea.
0: Okay, I see. All right. And Tom's going out selling them to uh, tourist shops and beach shops yep. and, and whatever. He's pulling up in his car, taking his little the stuff in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, I, I just I just remember we got into Nordstrom's one day and it was like, oh my God, that was huge, obviously. But yeah. I remember we went to Nordrick afterwards to celebrate. We could each pick one item out of the whole store. Like you can have, because we were, there was no money for, you know, probably the first at least three years. Yeah. So I remember the day that we launched into Nord's was huge. But prior to that, was just trade shows, res- little resorts um the trade shows really launched us if yeah. you know. yeah
0: yeah and it was a little, little bit ramen noodles back then right there wasn't, wasn't a lot of cash oh, on our-
1: <laughs> i can remember so many times going are we ever going to go out to dinner and you don't have to think about going to dinner oh my god yes but it's interesting when you look back that was tough more than that you know it was just tough yeah. but yeah those are some rewarding years. I like people
0: to know. It means more. <laughs> once you, once you get to a point where you can go to dinner without looking at your checkbook, once you reach that point, it's so much more rewarding mm-hmm. if you actually live to the other side. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I can, I can totally remember that those days too. We were like, okay, well, let's see how much money is in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. So it's moving along now at that time. Was it called no, it wasn't called fresh produce. It was called something else, I think, at first, wasn't yeah, I think it? Something at
1: first we had yeah. it called uh, sunflower graphics, sunflower roots graphics. to our Kansas and whatever, but then it turned out somebody in Kansas called at some point and said, That's our name, you can't use it. Mm-hmm. So okay. we were okay. sitting in a bar in La Jolla and we're like, What is this? Everyone says it's so fresh, the colors are fresh, fresh product, mm, that's not it. And fresh produce kept circling and we're like, Well, what's the worst? It's catchy and people won't forget us. The, problem, the funny problem over time probably took three years that we weren't getting true fruit and vegetable calls, and
0: uh, yeah, you right. get it. And
1: one yeah. one story along the path was um, a customer had been out of town and her um, neighbor was getting the packaging, and on the outside it said "fresh produce for a shirt" or something, and she stuck it in the fridge or the freezer, thinking, "Well, I got to keep it nice for my neighbor when she gets back from her vacation." So, but the name ended up really. Working and catchy, and probably even more valuable today as far as a
0: name. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> to- totally. I mean, you know, you look at all these companies, Google. I mean, can you imagine when the guys are starting Google and like, oh, let's call it Google? And like, ah, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, but it ends up being catchy, right? And Fresh Produce, mm-hmm. you know, very similar. Uh, Cause I, I remember, I remember when I got the phone call uh, from a recruiter and they're like, Fresh Produce. Ah. Like, huh? I'm like, what? I'm like, but yeah, you don't forget it. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah. fresh, pro- fresh Produce ended up being the name. And, It was um, uh, women's and men's apparel at first or just women's. I can't when you just women's. Yeah. Yeah. Casual apparel, beach apparel, resort apparel, bright colors. Right.
1: Yep. It started as a t-shirt and then customers would start saying, oh man, I wish I had a pair of shorts to go with my print, then a dress. And it was a lane that a lot of t-shirts were kind of cheesy back then, like a cat or a Mm -hmm. dog on the t-shirt or, not very artful and i would say the color and the graphics put us on the map and then the customer let us let us like by saying what what they wanted i would like a dress i would and it became a whole summer resort line
0: yeah and then it became very well known across the country and especially in resort areas i mean if you if you were in naples florida or la jolla and you went into a a resort shop or a beach shop i mean there was fresh produce right with uh a very strong presence. And for, so for the folks that don't know, you had the business for 30, how many, 35 or almost 35? 30, I can't remember.
1: 35, 35 30, years,
0: 35 yeah. years of being in business. Cause you started it when you were in your twenties, right? I mean,
1: yep. damn Started at I, about 25.
0: Wow. I mean, you ran the bit and it was wholesale. It was retail. It was e-commerce. It was all of it. Um, mm-hmm. 35 years of a, running uh, running a successful company and um, got up to I don't know if you want to share volume I guess it doesn't matter these days I but think, got up.
1: I think at our high before internet um, uh, I think our best year was 53 million
0: yeah I'm a 50 million dollar company <clears throat> and you know it's one thing to run a successful profitable business that sustains your family for for 35 years but all the other families that were benefited by the growth of the mm. company over the years right um so all those people you touched all those lives you touched all those families that were that grew up in the business made money mm-hmm. with the business um but then on top of that to like stay married all that time uh, I tell society,
1: you
0: i, I mean I that's think not I, even it's me not even
1: spe- Yeah, (laughs) you don't you don't. I mean, naivety is bliss. one to start at 25. I'm I'm only saying that because you don't have anything to lose. Like, yeah, Yeah. I I always encourage people like in especially in your 20s, not necessarily the whole way, but just explore and follow your Mm -hmm. passion or seek your passion, even if it falls apart and you're looking for the next something. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, Starting it young. I'm thrilled. Uh Tom and I, you know what? so many people always said, "Wow, you know, stayed married, did all this it was it was such a connector and mm-hmm. and initially, it was tough because you're doing everything and you're overlapping with each other all the time, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. but when we learn to divide our responsibilities, like he's in charge of that, and I'm in charge of this, and let's respect each other's opinion, all of a sudden, you're a team working for the same goal, but you're not on top of each other so And then, Steve, I just remember, you know, there were some tough times, whether it was the recession and having to let people go. But I just remember on the journey, and you're one of them, how beautiful, you know, you showed up at one of those difficult times and just reminded us of what you just stated, which was through the beauty, there was beauty, and through the hardship, there was hardship. And it's good to remember, yeah, Mm. this job and this team together provided homes, education, livelihoods, and that, that stuck with me at vulnerable times. And I have you to thank there, buddy.
0: Yeah, it really, it does. It is about the people. I mean, it is a mm-hmm. human, it is a human game, right? At the end of the day, I know, like, when you think about business and you read articles and, you know, every everything kind of appears on the surface about the money, but really... It is about human beings and about the people and the, the the relationships and the experiences you have with people and the effect you have on people, whether it's positive or negative. And f- for me, I think that that means more than than anything, right? I think about those. I don't sit back and go like, "Oh, that one year when I was a district manager, we were up twenty five percent, and that's my most proudest moment." Like, oh. I don't, like, you know, I don't think that. I think about the people. The promotions the 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 effect I had on them or the inspiration I had on them or the inspiration people had on me uh mm-hmm. you know what I mean Uh yeah, it, is definitely. About, it is about that um what so you had so you had some huge wins in there as you grew over time what would you say you probably get asked this uh, ask this a lot like what are what are some, what are some really just big moments that stick out in your mind? The first contract with Nordstrom's was, was, was huge. That, that yeah.
1: was huge because it put the brand on the map or gave it exposure, you know, and I don't even know if you were saying brand at that point, you know, you had a t-shirt line with shorts and what happened. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> uh,
1: big ones are, you know, Nord's because it gave you exposure, but mm-hmm. it's people on the journey that, that understood your dream and your passion Mm. and Mm. jumped on Mm. and believed in it, whether it was sales reps, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it was operational, like Tom and I are not operational. If anyone on this podcast doesn't know Steve Urban operationally (laughs) is a guru. And I say that authentically. Um, But people, I often say the best part of a business is the people. And I have to say the hardest part of the business is the
0: people. <laughs> so true it's, yeah. isn't, that, isn't that true right I mean if it wasn't for great people like you never you never could have got it to 50 something million without having great people but mm-hmm. oh man sometimes people are painting the ass too aren't they mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know I I applaud you for what you're doing because I saw what kind of a teammate or employee you were and you witnessed you lived your best self is what I witnessed. And then you witnessed how others had opportunity. So what you're doing now does not surprise me one bit. You, (laughs) you saw a lane that you were good at and you could help others be better at
0: sincerely. You you know um, when you talk about the people management piece of it, I mean, you guys are really, I think you, 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 I know you always kind of say, you weren't operationally, maybe that, maybe that wasn't your, largest strength, but, but I mean, you, you, you kept a company running for 35 years. I mean, so you had some operations in there. I will tell you from a people piece though, from a people management piece, I really, and I know I've told you this personally too. I'm not just saying this on the podcast, like you, you're the most inspirational mentor leader that I was ever around. I mean, nobody inspired people. Like I saw, Saw you do. I mean, you would you would come into the building and everybody would just oh okay, everybody's in a better mood now. Mayor's here. <laughs> Steve, you're kind uh, yeah, with
1: your yeah, words, you know, I think. You
0: know, I could feel you, I could almost feel you coming into the building. I would be like back in the corner. I'm like, oh, oh a mayor must be here. <laughs> I don't know, it feels different. <laughs> uh, so it, was, you're, you're, it, it was definitely like that. I think that's very important uh, for leaders Um, to understand,
1: to say that. And I think if I had anything to say with even humanity, if you listen and you're interested because you're Mm -hmm. authentically interested, Mm -hmm. uh, there's just more depth to your relationship. So the teammates that you're working with feel it and you feel it's just a better experience. So for me, I appreciate your words. And I think, uh, the bottom line is, to really listen and care and share, and there's just a a deeper level Mm. that uh, connects we as humans more authentically so that we do wanna work for and with each other.
0: And do that to the best of your ability as a leader, if you're listening to this episode, do that to the best of your ability while you're running a business, you know? I mean, you wanna do everything you can to help people. You wanna do everything you can to benefit them and their career. but it is a business, and sometimes when you get people in the in the business that don't match the culture, or maybe they're just not performing, they're not performing where you need them to. I mean, you you have to make changes, and um, sometimes those are going to be painful. Uh, you you know, I always tell everybody like, if you think you're going to be CEO of a multi million dollar business and everybody's going to love you every day, like that's not possible. <laughs> because there's got to be somebody out there, you know. Like, in fact, I just had this conversation recently with somebody. I said, "Look, I called 15 of your direct reports, and every single one of them said you were awesome." Like, oh, okay. wow. yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's not. I know that's not true. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're somebody is, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody's either lying or you're not. You're or you're not coaching them uh, as well as you should Strong be enough. because I'm a true a real coach and mentor is going to be pushing you to your max, right? They're going to be trying to elevate your performance. And sometimes that's uncomfortable for people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always inspired people, I think authentically to, to you, Basically I always thought of you as, Hey, look, if you work hard and you're taking care of fresh produce and taking care of um, the family and then great. If you're not, it's, it's not going to be a fun day. <laughs> and yeah, I, I also awesome.
1: I felt strongly about there's a time and a place for all of us, just not all of us all the time. So when somebody was looking for the next something, yeah. I almost always, I believe, wanted them to go pursue that because mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to do something most days of our life for a length of time, I really want you to find what it is that makes you walk your best.
0: Yeah. I remember you telling me by the way when I got the job as president at Healthy Back and I left Fresh Produce. And Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like, uh, you were like, Oh, so you're gonna fly back and forth every week to DC? You're like, Okay. You're like, Okay, yeah, let me uh let me know how that works out for you. I was
1: I was you know what I was proud of? I was proud of your aspirations. Uh.
0: For it. But, yeah, I know. But you were right. You were right. Like six months. I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, these flights suck. <laughs> this <sucks>. uh, <laughs> um, How about this? Uh, mayor, I want to ask you. Um, tell me what's next. Is is mayor gonna? I mean, such a, a wonderful career, great life. I mean, everything. Two beautiful sons, wonderful husband. By the way, Tom was always so wonderful to me, and uh, mm. I I, I, I want to make sure I, I say this on the podcast. Such a great great guy that uh, I always had a high amount of respect for, and always always took care of me. And I was always just super amazed by how you guys dealt with each other. I I, de- I just I mean, and now I I, I got Now I'm getting off track here. I'm getting off on a rant, but I I would literally like I would come out of meetings and be like, man, how do they do that? Like how do they how do they get, how do they keep it together like that? Cause I, you know, I can, almost, cause I worked with you long enough to where I could, I knew when you guys were disagreeing on the topic, like I could, <laughs> I could smell it. Right. I could see it, but some, but somehow like there was never any, like, I never saw you guys actually get into a real argument in front of other people, like ever. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I don't know what um, you, you wait till you, you wait till you got home or you like close the door. I don't know what you, well, you know,
1: you know, you had to get it out. It's just where you got it out. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, here you are this many years later, there's something beautiful about creating something together. So there is plenty of hard times, but I don't know. I'm at an age now. It's like, you're, I think you're just about to say what's next. I still have a lot of passion yeah. and creativity and I, you know tom's doing his thing right now and i'm doing mine um but i do notice in the relationship it was nice when there was a common goal that had momentum and was Mm. Mm. creating something Mm. so Mm. if i was sitting with somebody and they were saying how'd you do it i'd just say there's something beautiful about creating something together and Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. uh reaping the rewards from it for the effort
0: so what is next? What is, is America going to just, just chill, just chill in Santa Barbara, hang out with the friends, go, go to tea, relax. I gotta, or what, what are and, we doing? Uh,
1: you know how <laughs> when you're working your buns off, like we all have, you're just like, man, if I could just eat bonbons on the couch and like, <laughs> no, you know, or just not. And so. Uh,
0: first I, of all, I, first I, of all, eat, eating bonbons and sitting on the couch doing nothing <laughs> are Those aren't things I would tie to Mary Ellen. So I don't don't know if you've ever done that.
1: There are moments in this journey that you're like, please, can I just lay on the couch and eat bonbons? But I'm not very good at it. So, um, uh, you know, you try to reflect on what you've learned on your past and then um, try and get closer to, you know, if you got another third of life to live. Like I want to be as proud of my, this chapter as I've been of my past. And I want that for all of us. Um, two things: I still love apparel, and I love that it works on people or makes their life better because they can present themselves they want. But you know, what's the line that I love? When you know better, you do better. And mm-hmm. apparel has a big impact on the environment. And I would like to think um, I could create something that's more uh, less less environmentally impactful. Um, so you can upcycle fabrics and bodies. You can upcycle means you take something that was for another purpose or even overstocked for another company and recreate it in something. So it doesn't just go into a landfill. Um, mm. so apparel still close to my heart and especially now I've always been about community and connection, having Ooh. fun, doing good. I've Ooh. working on something that's called project gather and it's a project bringing- gather. Okay, And it's about bringing people together uh, thoughtfully, especially with COVID, man. I just feel like uh, this isolation or lack Mm. of time together
0: Mm.
1: in the long haul for our human spirit's not good. So I'm not sure the full form of it, but I know I've got a deepened community connection. Let's have fun together
0: and let's do good together. So... Mm, can you go in? Can you give it, you can't give us any details. Is it a, is it a nonprofit? Is it a, is it a, you know
1: a what f- it's interesting you're asking that I've dug in deep to nonprofits and I, I having run a business for 35 years, I don't really want to um, jump back on the business world and nonprofits. You have to have a board. And uh-huh. I had a board the last few years <laughs> of fresh produce, like the last five and I can't yeah, say yeah, I like, like, a board. Yeah. <laughs> So to be honest, I don't know what shape or I don't know if someone's going to come along and say I'll partner with you and all run the business side, but you do your creativity and dream. So I'm not ready to commit to a nonprofit or a business at this time. I just got out fully of fresh produce Mm -hmm. just over a year ago. That was the full done. So it's still early in the game, but I'm pursuing my dreams. But not ready to sign the dotted line for a nonprofit or a new business.
0: Okay. Okay. Will Project Gather be tied to apparel in some way?
1: Yep. I think uh, it, uh, it'll have a give back component.
0: Okay. I, I got you. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, so, so right now there's nothing, you haven't launched anything new. We don't need to highlight anything for the podcast. I don't need to direct anybody to a website for this, for this episode. No, necessarily right
1: now. look around. March, April, there'll be some talk about the fresh one of the fresh produce co-founders is launching something new. And I think it'll be by April that I'll be ready. But right now it's too early and there's not anything specific to share.
0: Okay, very good. Is the fresh produce can people still buy the buy the product somewhere? What, what's the you latest? know what?
1: Someone bought the name. Uh uh um one of our retailers bought the name about a year ago. And I I check it occasionally, but I haven't seen it relaunch yet. But his aspirations was the last thing he said to me is, "Mayor, I want to take this brand and make you proud." So I wish I wish he and his team only the best, and I hope it works out for him.
0: Right, because that would be weird if somebody took the name and started messing <laughs> it up, and then and you're like, "Hey, man, that's uh, that, you, you, you're you're you're." <laughs> yeah, they,
1: they, it's interesting though. At some point after all this. I've let it go. It's, it took okay. a while, you know that, but it took mm-hmm. a while, but I'm very clear that is part of my past.
0: Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. And no, and neither one of your handsome young sons want to, they want, they didn't, they didn't want to take fresh produce and they don't, they're not in apparel. They're not in apparel. I think if it had happened,
1: like when they're a little bit older, it could have been more interesting, but I think they want to put their own mark or footprint out into the world and they're working hard so knock how, old
0: wood, how, how old are they 25
1: 27
0: okay no 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 wives yet no fiance no
1: but tight tight relationships lovely girls they're good oh, oh, the,
0: oh they're both in it they're both in a serious relationship now
1: yeah
0: is the is the is the l word being used the yes. l word Oh, yeah, I was they, thinking oh, if it was oh.
1: the M word or the L, but I got it. the L
0: word. Yeah. OK, are they uh, are they uh, <laughs> Did they come over for Christmas? Uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, both girls were there for Thanksgiving.
1: It's sort of a big deal in our hood, oh, Steve Urban.
0: Oh, man. OK, I feel something here could be getting <laughs> could be getting closer. You may we're, have. You, all right. Well, I, the reason I'm asking you this is because I have two granddaughters now. Uh, Oh,
1: I uh, saw a picture of one.
0: And I know that you're, it's going to happen for you pretty soon when it does. It's, it's weird. I will tell you, man, when it happens, it's going to be like, oh, this is so wonderful. But I don't know if I like being called grandpa or what, it's kind (laughs) of like,
1: did did you pick a name for yourself?
0: Um, I was going to say it got picked for me. I can't remember because, you know, there's so, there's other, because there's so many people involved on the other side too. And then you kind of have to have this 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 family conference call where you're like okay what do you want to be called and everybody's got to it's kind of a little more weird than i thought it was going to be at the end i was like (laughs) whatever just tell me what i'm supposed to answer to
1: funny funny Um, i I, I think i wanted to just because we're talking about the boys with them in their 20s we just over thanksgiving we were all talking together and i think bub asked bub's got that deeper reflective thing he's like okay if you look back on you know five years in your life what what five years were the best or whatever Mm -hmm. and it was interesting Steve just because we're talking work and I really enjoyed five years in the 20s when when it was the discomfort of the journey is where you get a lot of the reward. So I kind of like to share that.
0: I is not yeah, right? It's true. Why does everybody go to that? Isn't it interesting that all a lot of founders they go to the struggle because that's what that's what they end up cherishing. It's it's isn't that interesting? Yeah. They um, rarely do I get a founder on the podcast and they're like okay i made it and i'm 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 on my yacht in florida and this is so cool like they don't they never talk about that right they always talk about the struggle part like like yeah. the, like like when like the ramen noodle part where they're like oh i didn't know if somebody was going to repossess the car so i'm glad it's still, it still was still there the next morning
1: <laughs> no i know it was interesting cuz now you're not in your 20s and the boys are in their 20s and you know they're saying when were your favorite and and you know it was about the struggle and the Discomfort, because then the reward is more meaningful.
0: Get yes. it? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I, I, it's, abso- it's absolutely true. I, I want to ask you a couple more. I know we're getting close to the back end. I want to ask you a you're couple good. of um, outside the lines questions, so to speak, a little bit like bigger picture things that CEOs are facing right now for for companies. Okay. Worldly topics, so to speak. I want to get your opinion because I know you're you're you have strong emotions and convictions around certain things. So I want to get your, your, and you're, and you're all, you're never afraid to say how you're feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think about CEOs these days that speak out on social media uh, and take a side on hot social topics or political topics or whatever the, whatever the debate topic is of the month. Right. You know, you didn't really have to deal with that, right? Like early on, 80s, 90s, whatever, early 2000s, right. you, didn't, you didn't have to worry about that. But now, you know, some of these CEOs that go on, they put out a Twitter post or whatever, and they're like, ah, you know, I feel this way about this topic, whatever it might be, you know, pick a topic. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Should CEOs do that? What are your thoughts when you see that? I'm just curious. Well, one, I feel
1: a bit disheartened with this, not a bit disheartened with the state of humanity. I can remember, you know, the color of your skin being a big deal, you know, 40 years ago and much longer than that, that, that makes me sad that we're still even discussing
0: Right. Totally. I
1: don't understand that a bit. And I, I just think it's a much deeper layer. If we all just realize we're just humans on this earth. And we've got a limited amount of time. And if, if we all could just get back to being our best self or trusting mm-hmm. that we're trying to be our best self or willing to get educated to at least have a fair ass- assessment of a situation. Um, I don't know. I feel very too much division. And as a mm-hmm. CEO of a company, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that's your position personally.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, because usually when they're speaking out, it's going to cause division, even with yeah. their own company, even with their own company. That's the part, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, the C- people in leadership roles are, quote, responsible for taking a side mm-hmm. on key things. And, and my response to that is the problem there is that if you're running a country, a, a, a company of 100 people, 50 of them probably like blue and 50 of them probably like green. And if you go on as the CEO and say, blue an awesome color and green sucks, you're going to piss off half your people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, I had a point that I wanted to share. Um, I, I think we need to, the best thing we can do is have these conversations. Like, let's just yeah. talk. Why do you believe this way? because you're probably going to get a nugget or two that that'll go, right. I can, there you that. Go. or there least, you go. So I think it's about conversation. It's not about putting your hand up. Blue is the only way to go Right <laughs> or green. So I think it's about educating each other and being willing to listen, but I don't yes. think it is the way to go
0: personally. Yeah. You, you can't just, you can't just pick a, a one thing, it's so right, Mary. I put out a couple of podcast topics on this this thing. I I think my message to people was, look, 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 look. Here's the deal. Do I personally have convictions around mm-hmm. certain topics? Yeah, sure. But I'm happy to go down to the tavern and have a beer yes. with you and talk and talk about whatever it is you like. I'm happy yep. to have a friendly conversation. Yes. I'm not, not going to like demonize you because you like purple. Or whatever. I'm just saying be be
1: curious enough. We all have a background <laughs> that paints our picture more than we realize. And just listen long enough, be curious enough to try and understand it. Don't have to agree, but yeah, I, that's how I yeah. that's how I feel.
0: And don't yeah, that that's the part I hate about social media is um people can't seem to have friendly conversations. They they just want to mm. be mean, they just want to be mean to each other and mm. be like, you know, I was like, isn't that interesting? They'll get on social media, and they'll be mean and take a side on something, and they'll be closed-minded. But if you took that same person and they went down to the tavern and had a beer with somebody, they probably would just be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. But yes. they think they can. Yes. To your point, how about we gather in person and like get away from the, these screens we're hiding behind to have conversations? Because when we're yeah. in person and talking, it usually goes better.
1: Oh my gosh, Steve, you're talking, you're talking to my choir in my head. Like we need each other. We need to feel yes. each other. We need. And right now it's just, there's just, it's hard. And then when you have COVID on top of it and it gets more isolated, that's not yes. good for the psyche for any of us.
0: Totally agree. How about this one? This is another, uh, another, yeah. Uh, let's talk about COVID for example. So I, we deal as a recruiting firm. Right. You know, we place people for a living, and we have clients that we deal with, and and now we're in this weird thing where, okay, some clients are calling us saying, okay, tell the candidates that they got to be vaccinated, tell the candidates that they they got to do this, that that, and other clients are saying, you know, we don't care about this, or basically every client we deal with is kind of have, trying to figure out where they live in this weird space and what their rules are going to be, and then we as the recruiting firm are having to course, we're trying to represent our clients with whatever they want. And then we're trying to relay that to the candidates. And it's like, wow. Okay. Running a company and hiring people is hard enough by itself without throwing all that in there.
1: <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, I,
0: so some of our CEOs are having a real uh, hard time with it, no matter what their side is like, like what side they're on doesn't really matter. It's just dealing with it is difficult. Um, I talked to, yeah, talked
1: to someone that I worked with for years recently, and she she's an employee in a company, and they're starting to come back into the office. But they, and since COVID's happened the last or hit two years ago, they've hired people like say in Arkansas, but their company's in LA. So this mm-hmm. employee in Arkansas doesn't have to come into the office, right. yep. but they're getting a wage that reflects better than the wages you make in Arkansas. So yes. I, what I was trying to do is like understand what the company was trying to deal with and the employees. So it's right. a, it's a, it's a new set of. <laughs> oh, right. Issues. Yes, we
0: get, we get that all, we get that too. We get, we get companies doing that too, where they're like, well, I hired a software developer. He lives in the country. You're out in the, on a farm in Idaho. Well, he doesn't live yeah. in New York. So we only, so I only need to pay him this. And I'm like, yes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a debatable topic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A whole new set of issues now, pal.
0: Yeah. COVID remote, all of that. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard. Yeah. And and I have talked to CEOs lately where they're just, they're kind of like, they're just like, okay, yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I talked to a guy yesterday. It was on the podcast recording recently. And he said, look, he said, I'm just trying to make a good product at a fair price. (laughs) And deliver it on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought goodness. about I thought about the apparel days. Like seriously, like we're just trying to get the line made, get the marketing done, get the clothes here, and get them into the client's hands. Like we're just trying to do that.
1: <laughs> I know, and you had to. Re- you always had to reframe yourself, going, "This isn't like brain surgery. We're trying to get a T-shirt into our retail <laughs> store. Certainly, we can do this without all of this." But yeah, I feel for everybody uh... operating how they have and how they do now and how they're trying to find their way to the future. It's a, it's a challenging time. Um, But I always look at challenges as opportunities or an opportunity to look at things from a creative perspective. So how can we look at this differently? We can look at it as it's slamming us hard, or we can look at it as, okay, this is what I've been given, swallow it. Now what? And let's look for a fresh creative perspective
0: by the way, for all the listeners out there, if you want to know what Steve Urban's thoughts are on remote work or uh, COVID or whatever touchy side sob- subject you want to know my thoughts on, I'm never going to say any of that on social media. So stop waiting for it. If you want to call me privately and talk about <laughs> it over beers, that's different. Nice, <laughs> nice. Get
1: the beer with Steve Urban. He's a good That's guy. right.
0: Then, then we can chat about it. Uh, I know we're out of time. I want to ask you one more question. You touched on it a little bit, but, um, I mean, you've, you know, if you had to, if you had to put your core purpose in life now at this stage into a sentence, let's set, let's set Bubs and Scout and Tom kind of aside for a minute as, as as a kind of a primary core purpose. So that aside now at this stage in your life, what is Mary Ellen's core purpose moving forward?
1: I mean, I I dream big. So I think it starts with myself like, do what makes you happy and ultimately make others happy. Um, I'd like to think I could participate thoughtfully with strengthening humanity for all the right reasons. I don't know what that looks like yet.
0: Oh, I like what you said there, isn't it? So that's, I think that's important. If you can find a passion that makes you happy personally inside, but rewards others and makes them happy too, then you you yep. hit the rainbow. You hit the rainbow. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> I
1: like the way you framed it, Steve Irvin. That's 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 where I'm
0: at. Mayor, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're really special to me. Always will be. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for everything you did for my career personally.
1: Well, I'm proud of you, buddy. And I think you're playing in a great lane. And I like knowing when you go up the hill and you go camping, hiking, whatever, you're complimenting your life beautifully. But I think you're in the right lane for a whole bunch of people. So congrats.